that my biggest issue with all this is that you just can't test you can't truly test it you can't truly prove it like all facebook needs to do is come out with breakdowns and ads manager to give you a row for these are the people you targeted and your results like you never really know <laughs> they don't say they don't ever tell you how much it's used and how successful it was because of that hello and welcome to the optimized store owner show a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners we are your hosts aaron and christian we want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips tactics and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry this podcast will help you add flexibility stability and happiness into your life ready let's go all right, guys, I hope you're having an awesome day. This was a super fun episode, um, not only for, for y'all because I think it's super value-packed, but because this is a exciting episode for, for me and for Christian personally because John is one of those people who has been doing uh, Facebook ads for so long that his knowledge is just so, so deep. He takes complex issues and makes them simple and I think it's just really one of those things where I had several realizations, and I know you guys will too, where it's just really going to help you in your business think deeper than just some tactical advice. Um, so what are we going to learn about in this episode? Number one, you're going to learn about 28D attribution. It's back, right? Or what does it look like for it to be back? And if you don't know what that is, definitely stick around for that. Number two, some of the bigger mistakes that people make with their marketing, thinking that the status quo of Facebook has stayed the same, that is not necessarily it and number three how many conversions you actually need how many purchases you actually need in a seven-day window to get out of the learning phase and what actually matters when trying to get those numbers right what are we doing when we're going after those quote-unquote x amount of conversions through the week so guys this is a super value-packed episode i'm not going to talk too much longer let's go ahead and get into it all right. Hey, John, thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. Oh, you better. Thanks, for, thanks so much for having me. It's going to be awesome. Abs absolutely. And I've enjoyed the content creation you've been doing over on uh, TikTok and Reels and everything like that. So I think this will be um, a lot of expansion of uh, the short-form content. We can get some long-form content here. Yeah, man. I, I think uh, if you would have recorded this two months ago and you mentioned TikTok, I probably would have rolled my eyes at you. It's uh, it's been quite the journey to to jump into this now. It's fun, and it's definitely a lot of work. I think uh, what what I enjoy most about what you've said is you you're very fully transparent on everything that you're doing as a test and everything that you're doing at the time, and then sharing that with people, which is really cool. Um, so speaking of that, one of the videos that you put out was the 28 day attribution, and yeah. I, this is very new. So I know there's not a lot of data or anything out there, but just can you give us kind of your idea what it what is the 20 what is the attribution window? Um, what does that even mean for advertisers? And then like what happened and your kind of take on that? Yeah, this is this is actually a really big deal. So attribution is how Facebook gives credit to an ad for a conversion. So by default, what that means is anyone who clicks on your ad and converts on your website within seven days or just views your ad but never clicks and then converts within a day uh, would be given credit of as a conversion for, for an ad. Um, you can't have so you can't get credit for one conversion to multiple ads. It's going to be the most recent click or most recent view, depending on the situation. Um, but I contend, you know, during the iOS changes that the 
biggest change, the most negatively impacted advertisers wasn't what we thought. Um, I think everybody is worried about the opt-outs and how that impacts reporting and, and whatnot. I, I still think the biggest change was moving from seven day click to 28 day. It's actually seven day click, one day view. Actually, it's 28 day. Sorry, my apologies. Going from 28 day click, one day view, which was what it was prior to iOS, to seven day click. And it eventually became seven day click, one day view. So, what happens with that is that if you, if your customer journey, used to take longer than seven days, or at least sometimes, this is especially the case for expensive products, anything that takes more of a commitment. Um, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, back in the day with 28 Day Click, if anything, we were we were asked to question our results because they looked inflated, like it's like, it just too many, too many conversions, right? And then after that 28 Day Click went away, uh, then everyone's panicking. It's like, where'd the conversions go? um this is under reporting and like no facebook ads don't work and you know this and that um but i think that is the biggest loss because it didn't matter if they're on an ios device or not you lost that 28 day click it just disappeared um and then suddenly within the past couple of weeks <laughs> facebook snuck it back in for the holidays and so what that's going to mean, uh, so by default, it's still going to be that seven day click one day view. But if you compare attribution settings uh, within your ads manager, you can check a box for 28 day click and you can get another column for how many conversions happen within 28 day click. And suddenly that can completely change your impressions of the performance of the campaign, ad set or ad. You're like, well, wait a minute, here's, 20% more conversions, who knows? Uh, now, maybe maybe I'm going to keep this thing going or I'm going to raise my budget or whatever it be. So I think this is a really big deal. It's it's very exciting and also one of those ones where like I, I don't know how to explain it well enough to our clients for them to understand. Like I think people listening here as a business owner or anything, like they conceptually understand because you did a very good job of explaining what it is. But for an idea for a client, like the, the attribution of data. And like, I think this is one of the biggest things that um, we've had to, you know, talk and converse about with people is what marketing is actually attributing to more sales, right? right. <clears throat> we have a total lift of the business, but is it from Facebook or is it from TikTok or wherever it is? Um, so that being said, right, there's a certain level of conversions or a certain amount of conversions that need to have happen before like a campaign is quote-unquote optimize at that point and you actually i think you did a video or answered something for specifically for e-commerce and kind of break down broke down these numbers and i think it was done really well which i'd like to hit on is you know we have a 28-day window what does this mean which you talked about but whenever we're getting a certain amount of purchases like how many purchases do we need to have per week if we're talking about purchases or conversion events basically do we need to have per week and then i have a follow-up question from that but what's the optimal amount that Facebook is really, or Meta is really looking for us to have? Yeah, so there's this period of time once you launch an ad set uh, where Facebook is learning. And um, so essentially it's just learning from the results, trying to give you the best possible results. Like, uh, so who is leading to a conversion, who isn't? So within your audience, it can help them determine, you know, what types of people to show your ads to, uh, what placements to use more of, et cetera. So as a result, that learning phase, you're, you're, 
your results or uh, your costs are going to be less stable. So basically, Facebook says typically need, if you can, 50 conversions per ad set per week to exit that learning phase and get the most optimal results. Now, that learning phase can end prior to 50. I generally just, it's just, it's not a hard, hard and fast rule these days. I generally say 25 to 50. It doesn't mean if you can't exit the learning phase and you're stuck in this learning limited phase that you can't get, get good results. But typically, I mean, I've definitely seen it where that first week is the least stable. Um, and if you can exit that learning phase, your, your best results typically come several days or a week or so after you start that ad set. And that's because Facebook's learned and, and learned how to optimize it. Will this 28 day in like increase or like speed up that process or that doesn't change anything? It's just, that's a viewing data, I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that's a, that's a million dollar question, but uh, right now that 28 day click is just kind of hidden data that you can add a column for, right? It's, it's not how Facebook's optimizing. It's not how Facebook's uh, displaying results by default. Until that happens, it, yeah, it's not going to be contained within that learning phase data. Okay. My, my thought from that, from the 25 to 50 type conversions, my question is, uh, if we can't get that many purchases, for example, would you actually optimize for something lower than that? Because my understanding is that if I tell Facebook to go for add to cart, it will do a very good job of getting people to add to cart, but then it learns to qualify as like what's add to cart and then I'm teaching it the wrong thing. And so that's just like my own personal methodology that I've kind of come up with, but I don't know that to be true. I'm just curious if you have any insight into that. Yeah, you're not completely wrong there. Like, but the first question would be, don't freak out about, oh, I can't exit the learning phase. I can't get that 25 to 50, whatever. Are the results you're getting acceptable? And especially now that we can add that 28 day click, that gives you a little bit you know, more context than whether these are acceptable results, are profitable, et cetera, or, or is it just a waste of money? So that's the first question. If, if you're okay with it, just let it ride. And who cares what the message says about learning limited? Beyond that, um, yes, the, the next, well, there are a few things to do, but the, the next approach to do, if, if you absolutely want conversions from a similar uh, cold audience, would be optimizing for something you know, uh, further up the funnel. And I think where, where advertisers often, I'm not going to say make mistakes, because you can get results from anything. Um, just depends on, on what you're doing in industry and everything else. But I wouldn't go straight to say link clicks or landing page views because absolutely if you optimize for that, Facebook's going to just get you as many link clicks, landing page views as they can at the lowest cost. And these are, these might be people all just to immediately abandon after three seconds. And we definitely don't want that. Um, so in theory, I mean, I would think because you can explain away, like, you know, why, why would there be low quality link clicks and landing page views? Right. Uh, like it's because of placements. Oftentimes you get accidental clicks and, and uh, things like that to happen, especially on audience network. But like, what would be the explanation for why someone would go all the way to add to cart, but they don't convert. Right. Or, I mean, not everybody converts, but what, why, what weakness in the system would 
inspire people to go that far and no farther than that. So generally, I would think it would be safe uh, to, to optimize for an add to cart, initiate checkout, something that's kind of further down the line beyond just the view content landing page view. That said, I mean, if you see results where they're just, they're not doing anything after that, um, I mean, first thing you have to do is ask a question, like, why would that be? Is it possible? It's, it has nothing to do with the quality of this audience. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, something we're not doing on our end to get them to, to finalize that deal. Um, but beyond that, if you still can't get the, the conversions that you need, um, the one thing I would do, honestly, uh, with that, especially if you're getting a ton of add to carts, maybe they just need another ad, like that specific group. So you got the abandoned cart people where you just target them to try to get them over, over the finish line. Like, do they need a discount? Do they need something to get them to finally commit? Okay. So I, very interesting, uh, I guess, approach from that. Cause I would want to, I would want to yeah, put them behind it. Cause you're making absolute sense there. Like, yeah, what's, what's stopping Facebook or how does Facebook know if they, somebody added to cart, if they were going to purchase there or not? I'm curious, you give a lot of, um, a lot of insight into like what tests you're running or things that are going on right now. What is a, what is a typical structure? Like when you're getting into ads manager, right? You just, finished whatever you know miracle morning morning routines going on right and you're getting ready to build a campaign what goes into your process for that like not only the pre-planning or like building it on an ads manager and then like your your thought process from it because i will say that uh just personally i've been retargeted from some of your ads that are like hey look you got to this point you've <laughs> probably made these steps i'm retargeting you because of this um and I think it would just be really cool to kind of insight into like what goes on to John's head about the planning and the implementation of a, of a strategy, even for your own business or how you could kind of address that. Yeah. And absolutely. It's going to differ from business to business, industry to industry. Like I'm not like a, a straight e-com business. So what I do is going to be different than your typical e-com. But, um, first thing is, you know, I do have, some cold audience targeting where I'm, you know, trying to promote product and opt-ins. Um, and then probably what you're seeing is some remarketing that's a reach campaign. So basically I've got people who are in the specific buckets who have, uh, so either they fall in a category of you're one of the most highly engaged people on my website or on my email list right now. And I want to go after you to promote, something or it's an abandoned cart scenario like you've you visit a landing page but you but you didn't convert i'm going to provide you some more some additional information so this is even though facebook's all about you know oh go broad targeting cold audiences let let the algorithm do its work i just think that really depends on the industry right uh for what i do i i don't see a ton of true success uh, with cold targeting, because I don't, I don't think it falls within a, a neat little category of like, if you're e-com that here, here's my product catalog, which falls under this category of product. Facebook knows that they've also been looking at products by this other brand under that same category. And they can, you know, target people who've been, um, uh, messing around with, you know, those types of types of products. That's less the case when I'm like, I want to promote my blog post. 
uh, go go to my website and read this thing or i, I want to promote my video of like because I, I play it's much more of a long game right i'm not i'm not trying to necessarily get the quick sale on everybody like a typical e-com i'm trying to build some trust um some authority that, that you want to follow my stuff so that i know that once you do buy you're gonna be the ideal customer because you know what you're getting into and you're not gonna be like talked into it you know so point being is like this has actually been one of my biggest pet peeves with facebook advertising is i want and i used to do a lot more of this uh but it's just getting too expensive to do as much of it so i want to promote my blog posts but i want to drive quality traffic there's no quality traffic optimization option unless you try to do things with with uh custom events um and whatnot which is kind of down the rabbit hole but facebook is ideal for e-com right because they you can't get a, a low quality purchase right like if, if you bought that's what i want to do now you can have various levels of uh, i spent ten dollars or a thousand dollars or whatnot but if you bought that's that's what i wanted you can always optimize for value as well the problem is when you're talking about engagement engaging with the video uh going to my website just to read a blog post facebook has no care whatsoever for quality so that's why i have to be i have to do things that are a little different like i know who the people are who are most engaged in my website so that's going to be my audience i'm going to narrow it down to these people and promote something that i think is going to be um interesting to them Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. How do you like stay up to date with, I feel like the 28 day attribution like launched, you're in, you know, uh, a different time zone than me that's after <laughs> us, right? It's after the East Coast time zone, like something drops and somehow you've already written a blog post about it. And I don't know if it's strategic, you you know what updates are coming because of you see something in ads manager and then, or whatever else, and then you just write on it and just do it very quickly. But it seems very timely that you put things out. How are you staying up to date with everything that's happening with uh the platform i got a little lucky on the 28 day click i was just on ads manager and i got a little notification uh but it was one of those times like yeah i really wasn't planning to write a blog post but i was like this is big news i better create, record a video write a blog post i did a podcast i did everything like in one night uh but typically though like this is little icon in the bottom left hand corner of ads manager the little question mark icon you click on that and you get ads manager updates um that's one area that i go to to get updates what's going on um i follow a bunch of websites uh i mean some of official facebook websites first of all um but also like like TechCrunch and things like that social media sometimes i, I see some chatter I think the main thing, honestly, is because I have this private community and I do weekly webinars with them and they share what they're seeing, too. And we've got strategy sessions we do every week. Like, I have no choice but to know what's going on because um, there are a lot of voices because I, I don't always necessarily see something, but somebody else might see it, you know. So that, that's uh, that's kind of how I stay on top of it.
Interesting. I actually, one of my, uh, so you're doing back, are you doing back the, you're doing your podcast again or more frequently, I guess right now? Uh, not, so I went through a period of time where I was experimenting with it starting around this, this time of year last year where I was putting out a new episode every day and I was doing short episodes and whatnot. And I did that. I did that for like six months or so. Um, it's, it's now it's more a matter of it's it's lowered on on that priority list for me. I mean, the video is probably number one. I mean, every day I'm recording two or three videos, uh, then podcast or excuse me, then a, a blog post. I mean, obviously email. And uh, if I got time to throw the podcast in there too, I do that. Um, I mean, you guys probably know. It's just it's really hard to measure podcast success. That's one of my biggest gripes, and like, and you you might have some answers to it, but. Uh, it make it makes it hard for me to stay motivated with it. Like I know the number of downloads. You could throw out some like uh, uh, promo codes or shorten links and things like that to follow. You know how many people uh, uh, did did that kind of uh, exclusive stuff. But I really struggle with it. I mean, what do you guys do? Well, I was gonna say like uh, to this day, I think we have two hundred and fifty some odd episodes or something like that and we've actually transitioned our podcast from like one type of uh show to another and i can count on one hand the amount of people who told me specifically like i joined because of the podcast right and so what it does do though is it's an authority and that's i mean yeah. to, to my point from you right this is kind of like it's interesting my favorite podcast episode from you happened to kind of roll out in like october of 2019 which is interesting that i remember that but yeah. you were talking about an episode uh, that i would love for you to talk a little bit more on um which i still to this day use and your theory at that point was that black friday cyber monday any type of sale is not for um, you to go and acquire new customers, you can, but yours is like, you just need to like engage the audience that you had currently, right? Those are the people that are more likely to buy. So I think the episode you put out, you know, even a couple of months before that was focused on, you know, building that audience, building up the engagement. And at that time we could do look, we could do interests and we could do, or not interest, but um, custom audiences a little bit easier without, you know, losing data. And you were like, look, all of your sales are going to come from the people who have already been engaging with you and liking your content and stuff. And I've just kind of stuck with that for years now. Um, and I, like I said, I want to throw the question to you, which is mm -hmm. like, has that theory changed in the last two to three years or whatever? I think it depends. Um, Kind of like what I was talking about with ecom, I, you can make the argument that um, because of the data Facebook has, if you're looking for a certain product and you've been shopping for this 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 uh, type of product but multiple brands, and you you just go out for the holidays, you might have some success. I think uh, vast majority of us, though, like let's say you're not a, a known brand, so even if you are ecom. You aren't, a no, you aren't a known brand. I don't think it's necessarily a very good idea to wait until the holidays before you do any advertising because you, you haven't built any authority or trust or, or brand awareness for someone to tr think that, oh, yeah, that is a solution. Um, if they've got multiple alternatives of a, of a known brand, too. So unless you're going to sell based on price only, um, then it becomes difficult. So... There's still absolutely, I think, uh, you should be advertising to some point year round. Uh, I think those who are least likely to find success are those who jump in just for those 
those uh, special holiday times. I mean, first of all, it's going to be more expensive because everyone's doing it. Um, it's just tougher. But I feel like not only do you build an audience, you can help um, build some loyalty uh, with people that like, oh, yeah, this is some a product, a brand, whatever that I want to buy from this time of year. Um, but you learn some things throughout the year of like what works and what doesn't, whether it's copy, creative, targeting, optimization, whatever. Um, so I just think it's a really good idea to keep stay sharp regardless. What would you say uh, for right now, like ha- structuring a campaign? I know everything's kind of, I don't know. It's like a, if it's a requirement now, but it's like the, the advantage plus mm-hmm. option, whatever else. I think they're just changing naming conventions just to confuse us more. But Oh my God, um, yeah. <laughs> right everything is just moving around can you talk a little bit about that i'm that's just something that like it's been new ish that they've changed it up and i feel like they're just trying to like control everything themselves of where you basically just say like you pay this amount of money and then just they'll just do the, the results for you and we have no control but i mean that's just a a theory on my end i don't really know i mean essentially that's what it is advantage plus is kind of a branding on their part because some of it's prior functionality that already existed they just gave it a new name some of it's completely new functionality that's that they're doing things differently but the common theme is trust facebook trust their optimization broader audiences um, automation so uh less control um most of the like advantage plus um features would be like target, uh, excuse me, like uh, the uh, placements, which just means all placements. That's all it means. And Facebook optimizes to find what works instead of you saying, I don't want to use these certain placements. Um, Advantage plus uh, detailed targeting, lookalike audiences, custom audiences. In each case, it's you started with this audience that you said, I want to target and Facebook saying, but we can go beyond that if we want to, if we think they can get you more and better results. Um, so there's that. There's uh, all the advantage plus stuff related to creative, where they automatically make tweaks to your your image, your video, your copy creative, moving copy around. Like you had it in the headline, they move it to the description and whatever. It's, it's kind of crazy. They turn photos into videos. Half the time you don't even see what they do, uh, but it's only it's always like for a specific audience. Like they're not doing it globally. They're like, if we think it'll it'll work better for this particular person in this circumstance, uh, we'll do this. We'll make this tweak for them. But you never really get a breakdown of like how often it's used, and you know, it's just it's there's a lot of black box stuff there. And then there's like the whole advantage plus. Uh, campaign creation, so related to catalog, uh, related to I just got access to this this the other day for uh, tailored leads, where all that is is like, okay, you want to get leads, you want to get conversions, uh, just give us some very basic information. We're going to remove some steps. You can't change, can't change the optimization. You can't change the placements. Uh, um, you know, they're like four or five things and uh kind of trust us it's not like new functionality it's basically just saying i we know what works best and we're going to save you from yourself uh do not touch these things 
have you yeah i was gonna say i feel like i can tell with your with your tonality there kind of your thoughts on it but uh, um have you tra- have you done anything with that where you've just like uh, done a test where you just let facebook do its thing versus you doing your thing or anything like that well so it's really hard to test right because let's say for example you turn on advantage plus t- detail targeting and so that means that they're going to target whoever it is you said you want to target in the detailed targeting, but they can target people beyond that. They might not, right? They may not expand the audience. That, that, that's where I, I, I think most advertisers don't really understand because they see the potential audience size and it goes from like, could be 100,000 to like 50 million or something. That doesn't mean there are actually 50 million people they're going to potentially target. It's like, it just opens it up. They can target whoever they want. Um, and you never really know how many of the people uh, in the ad set were part of your targeting that you reached and gave you results. And you don't know how many of them were those as a result of expansion. So that's my biggest issue with this. It's not so much I'm like, I doubt that it works. I've actually seen that, like I've started experimental because I've always been a small audience guy. Like, um, but I've started- Define, exper- sm- define small audience to well, me. Well, like, kind of like, I was t- like with, 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 with your experience where I was targeting you based on something very specific you were doing because you're hyper targeted on my website or hyper active on my website or something. Um, so we're talking like hundreds or thousands of people, you know, hundreds or a few thousand uh, people. Um, so I've always had, I, I found a lot of success in that, but for conversions, uh, I think absolutely, you know, going, going broader, I think is more effective than it used to be. That my biggest issue with all this, is that you just can't test you can't truly test it you can't truly prove it like all facebook needs to do is come out with breakdowns and ads manager to give you a row for these are the people you targeted like for for all the expansion stuff these are the people you targeted and your results these are the number of people we targeted uh who are outside of your your targeted audience that when we expanded how much you spent with that group and how many results you got in your cost per result. I think if they did that, we could also say, oh yeah, that did work. I'm glad they did that, right? Or it didn't. Um, and then I'll turn it off next time. And the same thing with you know any of the creative stuff uh, where it's like, you never really know <laughs> when it's used, how often it's used, what, you know, really what it looks like. And they don't say, they don't ever tell you how much it's used and how successful it was because of that. I think just a little transparency would completely change any doubts I have about it because then you could actually, you could test it and prove it. The the closest we got is to say, okay, I've got an ad set where in this case, I'm gonna just target this audience and I'm gonna turn off the detailed targeting expansion. This ad set, I'm gonna turn it on. We'll compare the results. That's still not even scientific because we don't know how much they actually went beyond that audience, right? When, when they expanded it. Uh, so that makes it really difficult to measure it. Have you played around? So that, I mean, that's Facebook, right? They're, to, to me, they're probably still the most advanced ad platform as far as data and numbers, and it's still obviously lacking there. Have you played around too much with uh, anything on TikTok on the ad side of the thing, things there yet? Yeah, um, I've, been, I've been doing that, you know, along with this whole experiment on TikTok and short form video over the last you know month or so. Um, that's one of the things. Now, I've tried to, what I've wanted to do is like, it looks so much like Facebook Ads Manager. Right, TikTok. it's crazy. 
So, but the, the, I think the concern with it looking so much like it, I don't want to go into it thinking it's going to behave the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things like I don't do on Facebook, um, because I've learned over the years, I, it doesn't work for me. I don't want to, I want to go in with a beginner's mind, basically with TikTok, know how to use things, but like not assume, for example, that, uh, running ads to, to get followers isn't going to work, or it's just going to give me garbage. By the way, it's pretty much gotten me garbage, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but at the same time on TikTok, it you know, the number, that number kind of means something. It's kind of important it's, it's much more important than Facebook these days because yeah. uh, they hide it. But, um, so it's like that, or like, you know, I, I'm really skeptical of any of the top of the funnel optimization stuff, uh, or just like surface level, uh, engagement optimization stuff on Facebook. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to assume it doesn't work on TikTok. I'm going to experiment with it. So I'm still like beginning stages. Um, like I'm just, I actually just today created some remarketing audiences for people who have like, you know, watched my entire video and, uh, gone to my profile and stuff like that. And I'm going to do some things that I would normally do on Facebook, but do it with TikTok ads. And we'll see how that works. But so far, it's it's all been surface level, like, let's get some new followers kind of thing, um, because I'm building a brand here in the early going. And, and it's cool. the kind of thing I would never do on Facebook right now. But um, because I'm starting fresh like this, and I need to get my brand out there uh, on a new platform, that's you do you do crazy things. Yeah. Definitely. And it's, yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's very interesting. Cause yeah, I think I came across you on, it was on a reel or a TikTok or some, or maybe it was a reel and you used the TikTok yep. watermark, which I know Instagram says don't use it, but at the same time I'm like, Oh, John's on TikTok. So I went and used that watermark as an, an idea to yeah. go and follow you on TikTok. So it's like, it may not be as good for meta or for, for Instagram, but it's also good to like grow the other part of the brand too, which is an interesting I guess, exactly. idea. Yeah. That, that, that whole thing has been, so it's not only that I've learned a lot by doing TikTok and that whole platform, but yeah, I, I mean, I really don't create video for Facebook and Instagram. I don't do really much of anything on Instagram or I hadn't. So this allowed me to then get more active with that, with, uh, with Facebook and Instagram with reels. And initially, yeah, I just took the TikTok video, which I think you're right. I think there's benefit to it because people saw that and they see the, the TikTok uh, watermark and then they might follow me follow me on tiktok as well i've started I mean, though that was me <laughs> yeah exactly i've started though lately um taking the video that i upload or uh, uh exported prior to uploading it to tiktok and then pushing it uh, and then, uh, uh uploading that one to instagram and facebook it doesn't cross post for me all of a sudden i have no idea why so i have to do it individually to instagram and facebook and one of the reasons is because of music um, so I guess, uh, and I, I haven't gotten too into the weeds on this, but it's like, as far as like, first of all, running ads, um, and also making money off of like monetizing your videos and things like that. If you have any videos in there that don't qualify, uh, due to rights issues, you can't use it. Um, mm -hmm. so TikTok, there are specific videos I use. They're still available to marketers, but they're not recognized by Facebook and Instagram. So I, they just, I, I don't know. I'm not allowed or something, but, um, so yeah, it's been a whole learning experience that it's been new and fresh. It kind of reminds me of the early days of getting involved with Facebook. 
Yeah, wild wild west as it seems. Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like the 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 blog post that you wrote, and then you said something where I think you said create something that sucks. Yeah, um, and that just I mean that kind of reminded of, of us how we started too. Like we I mean we've done so many videos, and um, even on, like on YouTube for example, like you go back to like some of our first videos and they completely sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now we're creating things that that are actually relevant and and that are good. Um, I guess I mean is that like a ideology for what you're currently experimenting on uh, or has that something always been like uh, I just need to experiment and just get out there and, and do something um yes and no I mean like it absolutely is part of what kept me from creating videos in the first place is because I was scared of creating something that was unpolished and it sucked like not, like jumping into TikTok it wasn't even like I was just, you know, on it, seeing, consuming other people's content. I just wasn't on it at all. So like, I didn't know really what a TikTok needed to look like and how it needed to behave and how you edit it and anything. So the whole point was like, I think we hold ourselves back no matter what the, the format, the, the kind of content, same thing was with me podcasts more than a decade ago. You know, it's like, I was scared, like just hitting record, even though this isn't live, and probably no one's going to hear it the first time you record, you know, record a podcast. It's like, like I, I could hear my voice shaking doing it is is ridiculous. But like this, we hold ourselves back, worried that something's not going to be good enough. The reality is, especially when you're starting on a new platform and you got no audience, like no one's going to see the damn thing anyway. Anyone who responds to it is a supporter. They're not going to make fun of you. And that's how you learn. Like, uh, I created 70 videos in the month of October. Uh, you can see a huge difference between that. This is going to suck video, which really did. And that, what's funny is like, you look at it now, it kind of looks like satire that like, I tried to make it suck. Like, no, I was trying to make that yeah. good. <laughs> and, uh, and some, and not, not even saying I'm good now, but like it's night and day in terms of my comfort level and knowing how to edit stuff and knowing that I need to tighten it up to be a certain length and all that without rambling and everything. Um, like that's how you learn and i'm sure like a month from now two months from now it's gonna be i'll be looking back at even what i'm doing now and say oh that that was garbage but you can't just i think it's unreasonable to expect that anyone's be able to create something good without failing a lot and and that's how you experience just get, get that good experience uh for getting better well, I think that's what I respect most about you too is uh, the Eminem approach, right? You were calling things out in your TikToks and in your reels, like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing these things. I'm I'm trying to make this happen, and it's an experiment." And everybody's like, "Okay," like I mean, I think we relate to you more because we all understand at that level. And like I said, the the Eminem methodology works, right? You call yourself out first. Nobody else is going to be like, "Well, I was going to say the same thing." It's <laughs> like, "Well, they just move on." Yeah. Um, there's, I think, there's just so much knowledge that you have and i've just learned uh so much from you over the years and it's very exciting to have you creating more content and, and out there on other things like short form video um you mentioned your uh your uh your community what how are you serving people now how can they like interact with you how can they you know get access to all of your knowledge what's the I guess the the ways that they can do that i want to make sure that we put that in the show notes and then maybe as they're listening to this, they'll be like, hey, John, I wanted to make it a very important message to you that 
uh, I listened to this on this podcast, and there is some value for for for, uh, for doing a podcast. But yeah, how can they how can they find out more about you and, and actually learn from you on a di- different level? Yeah, well, just uh, first of all, any of my content, johnloomer.com is probably where to start for all the free stuff. But my private community, if you go to powerhittersclub.com, either that or johnloomer.com slash phc. So that that's my my private community. And so for my elite community, um, we have a private Facebook group and I, every single week we host a, a strategy session every Tuesday. That's about an hour or so where it's a nice small group and we're all, we're all equals there and people talk about what they're seeing. That's what I was talking about. Like, that's part of how I know what, what's going on right now. People talk about what they're seeing, the struggles they're having, like, Hey, I'm doing this and I can't get these, these good results. What's what would you do? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, and then Wednesdays, I do a webinar um, every Wednesday. Um, any training that I've done, I just completed a training for uh, ads manager reporting. You get access to all of that training as well, whether it's live or in the past. So that that's my primary next level um, community. I mean, if people just want a one-off, they can sign, especially these days with uh, the holidays, they can sign up for a one-on-one with me as well where it's like a 45 minute and talk about your strategies and what you're doing and uh, share screens and things like that. Uh, but all that can be found at powerhittersclub.com. Got it. Okay. And then anything exciting coming on the, coming down the pipeline for you as far as like content or anything that you're, um, I guess, excited about on that side? I mean, this whole, look, I, I am not a good planner. I've kind of always said that like, I mean, this stuff with, with TikTok, I pretty much did it all spur of the moment. Like I am doing this, like it takes something take, I could have people and I do have people begging me to do certain things, uh, for mm-hmm. months, if not years. And I, and I, if I don't get comfortable with it and energized by it, I won't do it. And then all of a sudden one day I'll be like, you know what? I should do that. And then meanwhile, there's somebody who's telling me I should do it for, you know, three years. It's just like, it's gotta be that energy behind it. I think, I feel like so often that's something that's just, you can't really plan or control that. It's just spur of the moment and you ride it, you ride that wave. So right now I'm super energized by this, all this short video, short form video stuff, partly because yeah, when I publish it to reels and it's kind of sad too, honestly, but when I publish it to reels, I've got people who are like, John, Oh, you helped me so much back in 2014. I haven't seen your stuff in years. You know, it's great. I appreciate it. But I was like, man, I've been here. Like I've been publishing things, but people don't see it because I, I don't, yeah. I, haven't been, I haven't been playing the game. Right. So I, I'll share links and stuff and, and Facebook doesn't like, like my links. So it is what it is. And it's, but it's, it's make me realize like, man, I, I, I could still, you know, raise my brand a little bit as long as I, you know, get into short form video. So TikTok, it's been reels. I'm once again at somebody who say, Hey, John, you should do uh, YouTube shorts. I was like, No, I'm not gonna do you. that's just too much. I'm doing YouTube shorts now. Uh, <laughs> it's starting to repurpose them for LinkedIn. And it's just like, in, in none of this, none, no, nothing I've been creating so far is like a, a, a sales product. Like, it's a video to like, Okay, now go buy this thing. So, this is all playing long game, building brand, because there's nothing I can measure and be like, oh, revenue just increased or traffic increased or whatever because of this. That's not happening right now. I'm not even trying to. 
but mm. I think my my goal right now is to build the brand as much as possible. And this is kind of again, kind of like what I did initially with my business. Like before I even knew I had a business, I just wrote and wrote and wrote all kinds of free stuff and just tried to help people to the point where one of once it was time to turn turn the lights on to sell something, floodgates opened, you know? So that's kind of a, the approach I'm taking here is give away a lot of free stuff and before I try to monetize it. But so as far as what that looks like in the next month or so, for now, it's more video and hopefully better video than what I've been doing so far. Well, it's, I was going to say, just from personal perspective, I know you've helped us um, and our clients that definitely throughout the years and our common name that is brought up. So I, like I said, I'm really excited to see more of your content and um, it, it worked, right? You added a ton of value for us and we've purchased several different webinars and things that you've done. And now I'm actually uh, looking at, okay, how can, what does what does it look like to join the Power Hitters Elite as well? Just because you've added so much value over time. So I, I really believe that people are going to get a lot out of this episode. Yeah. Um, and everybody, we will uh, put everything that John has um, as far as like his website and how you can access it in the show notes. Um, so go check that out. And then uh, make sure to go check him out on TikTok as well. Yeah. Uh, go, go follow up on the videos and stuff there. So thank you so much, John. We really appreciate the time and, and the ton of knowledge that, you, that you've provided. Thanks, guys, so much. It's been a pleasure. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.